welcome to SBO Perspectives. I am Jack Mitchell, here along with my esteemed colleague, John Bricato. That's right, good old Johnny John. <laughs> and we have a great episode. When I say great episode, people are going to get a lot of tidbits. You know, all of our episodes are different, and it just hones to the three different areas we look into, trying to get somebody, a consultant or somebody that we work with to give us their spin and perspective or a partner, you know, in, in our industry. And then there's the best ones I like, our colleagues. So we have a great colleague going, I'll let John go into introduce him. And I, you know, the timing couldn't have come better this week because I really, really need to pick me up because the Bills Chiefs game, that was oh shoot loss. that was such you, a tough oh loss. my gosh man i've been i've been dragging that, all week just lamenting we were all texting that, we I were know. texting it was 13 seconds i know it's I, I was like, how do you get down you the field in 13 seconds yeah it was it was rough but I mean, I, you know what it was a tough loss but it was an, an amazing game i mean josh allen and patrick mahomes both True. played their hearts out five years old i know it's crazy but like I said, that was a really tough loss. It got me down because I'm a, I'm a big Bills fan. But thank goodness today we have James Stuccio, Deputy Superintendent at Cold Springs Harbor Central School District, who really kind of delves into his budgeting process, his philosophy on budgeting, and how he brings all of these stakeholders together and is able to communicate such a complicated process effectively to his community and to his board. So. We're really excited to bring you James today, and here's our Jimmy interview Jen. with James Stuccio. Today on the podcast, we have James Stuccio, Deputy Superintendent of Schools at Cold Spring Harbor Central School District and Budgeting Master. James, welcome to the podcast. It's glad to have you on. Thanks, yes. John. Thanks, Jack. Very excited yes. to be here. Yeah, we're, we're so excited because we just saw you last week, right? <laughs> or the <laughs> other week, right? But as folks may not know, uh, you're also on the board with us, and we appreciate you taking the time out. When when I thought about this episode with John, you know, we were just thinking like, hey, well, you know, budgeting is really important for us. And this is something that I'm thinking we're looking to do probably every year, right? In the first quarter, have someone on, give a different spin on budgeting. And so, you know, now in this time where, you know, I don't want to say that there's misconceptions because people don't really know, you know, where funds are coming from, but budgeting, I think is more important than ever. I think that's why we want to have you on and get into it. So thanks again for coming on. So with that, I wanted to say something that, that I read it as well in a national, they have, you know, SBO affairs magazine every month. And I recently read, they said this budget has value by serving as a benchmark against which to compare future results and by alerting when course correction is necessary. So that was, I think, in, I believe in the November one, they're really good. You know, they have stuff like cost feasibility analysis. They talk about in their episodes, and, you know, right now we're really addressing so much stuff. We're addressing decreasing enrollment, misinformation, like I said earlier in school budgets, and really aligning budgets with our district goals. So for you, James, when, just for folks out there, this is like on budgeting 101. When you begin your budgeting, or I should say, when do you begin your budgeting for the senior school year? And, and how do you like get to select that timeline? How's that work for you? Great question, Jack. And you know, just to jump on uh, what you shared just, just now, your budget should tell a story. 
that's the most important important thing when you're putting together to make sure it's telling the story make sure it's telling the story that that you want it to tell and it needs to be aligned with the district goals and and the strategic plan of mm -hmm. the school district and it's important when, when you're putting things together and, and when you're meeting with your superintendent your cabinet or meeting with your board about what should be in what should be out Everyone should keep asking themselves, how does this relate back to our district goals? How does this relate back to our strategic plan? What story are we telling our community yeah. with this proposed budget? Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, you know, I just gave our, our very first budget presentation here in Cold Spring Harbor last night. And one of my first slides was about, you know, the process. And many folks don't realize that the process spans about seven months. Most of us, and I think it's fairly consistent, begin sometime in the month of November. Mm -hmm. Financial statements are filed. We finally close out the prior fiscal year. We take a breath and then we start uh, you know, the up. process. <laughs> so you never really, you spend maybe two or three weeks in the actual current year uh, because before that you're still completely engrossed in the year prior. And you know, when you start budget, all you're thinking about is the next fiscal year. So the one thing I know is I never know what year it is because mm -hmm. we're always working in a, in a different year. And it always um, takes me a couple of months to get used to talking about the projected year because you don't really talk about it up until that november time period <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So, so you begin in november and, and for us we start with the initial uh, requests from our building leaders as well as the the people mm. responsible for each of our departments and so in november we'll send out the normal paperwork you know which has gone a bit more electronic we're, we're using you know excel yep. spreadsheets at this point a lot of our colleagues are using the the modules in envision or wincap but however you're doing it you, you put it out to the fields and you have them begin working on their initial budget requests and for us you know put that in the beginning of november i asked for it back right before december break before everybody leaves i asked awesome. for those initial requests back okay. over the month of january and we just finished this what we do is we have a cabinet review the superintendent the two other assistant superintendents and myself will bring in each building principal and department leader and line by line their requests will ask questions what i'm doing is i'm reviewing expenditures so for example if the high school principal is asking for three hundred thousand dollars worth of general supplies you know, I'll take a look. What have they spent thus far this year? What did they spend last year? What did they spend mm -hmm. the year before? And if you see they're only spending, you know, 250000 you know, th then perhaps they're over budgeted. So, you know, I'll ask them to take another look or substantiate why yeah. they're, they're significantly higher. Yeah. Uh, and after that is complete, and I said, and again, we just completed that this week. Then we have our public budget workshops with the Board of Education and the community. We have three here. And many districts do it uh, differently. I do a kind of a pre-budget overview, which was which actually was last night. And then we have two workshops where each building principal uh, and each budget leader in the departments come and they give an overview to the board about what, what their proposal includes and nice. any kinds of questions. Originally, and up until this year, they would, the board would get the full line by line backup from each department. We, we're trying to just move things forward and really shift focus and and have the board take a higher level review. So you can get really lost in the weeds when you have the line by line. <laughs> you can get you can get lost <laughs> in the weeds so lot. easily. Right. Um, yeah. So they're going to give PowerPoint presentations. We put a template together, a very simple template for folks to present to the board, which has a summary of their their requests. Talks about the return on investment, what they were able to do this year with this mm -hmm. year's budget, their points of pride, and then what very they nice. hope to do next year. Uh, and then we have your budget adop adoption in April and mm -hmm. our budget hearing in May and then and the budget vote. Oh, that's clean. Year. I love it. That's the great so, process. So it does vary, you know, district to district, but I think we all keep mm -hmm. kind of the same, yeah, same yeah. timeline. Simple. You, you really intricate. It sounds like you had a lot, lot of different things in there. And also I want to say that, do you have a calendar, I guess, that, that helps you stay in line to that timeline? 
Absolutely. So we yeah. put together a comprehensive timeline that includes not only those key dates for the building principals and the, and the department leaders, but also for us. What dates does the legal notice need to be published? It needs to be published four times, but it's within certain dates. What is the final date that the board can adopt resolutions? That's actually before the budget adoption. So if you're going to have any kind of capital proposition, a proposition that's separate than the budget for using the capital reserve, you need to adopt that 45 days prior. And that 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 date can slip past you very quickly because the budget adoption date is, is much, much, much later than that. So we do put together a comprehensive calendar. I do ask our legal counsel to review it just because uh, it's Absolutely. so easy to get tripped up yeah. about missing dates and when absentee ballots have mm-hmm. to go out and when military, yep. military. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Good stuff. Wow. Wow. Well, James, you, you said it very well, especially when you were talking about how, what the budget represents and it really is just a, financial representation of the district's priorities and goals. And I, I think you captured that really well. So can you maybe speak to what your approach is with budgeting and what your style, you know, kind of how you're involving these stakeholders, these principles you mentioned, but maybe give us a little bit more detail on, you know, the day-to-day. Absolutely. So so this is my 16th budget proposal that we're working on. And so I, I think I've tried it every single different way. Right now, I, I employ a zero-based budgeting approach. In there are years that, that I would just tell folks, all right, everybody's got 3% and, you know, your budget can increase 3%. This is your allotment and, and, you know, have less involvement or less concern with the details as long as they made the overall number. But at this point, I do employ the zero-based budgeting approach because I, I, I really believe, as we said, that the budget needs to tell a story. And, and you know, this year, the, pro- the priorities may be in one school or one department or one initiative, but next year that might be different. So when you're simply carrying over numbers, it, it, it muddies your story. It, you know, it changes your story. And, and you also want to keep being critical and saying, do we still need to do this? Do we still need to do that? And without going, you know, into the detail, I think you lose a lot. I, I like to pride myself that I know where every single dollar is in every district that I've worked in. And I think it's so important for an SBO to really know the budget inside and out. Sure. And, and, because that comes across when you're presenting to the board and the public. And, Absolutely. and that's so important. You know, you know, a mentor of mine, uh, Dr. Austin Gavin, uh, who brought me in this field and told me everything oh, I know, love him. he used to say, just say it with confidence and everybody will believe you. <laughs> so <laughs> this is true. And you won't be confident. Nobody will question you if you're confident. And, and the only way to be confident is to really know your stuff. Yeah. Right. The community gag fly. That, that wants to really stump you with a question about the budget. It shuts them down really quickly when you have an answer to them. So, so we start each and every year at zero because our goals and priorities change and we build the budget uh, based on those. And so that's the approach we take. It takes a little longer. It actually takes a lot longer. It's much easier to say, okay, every building gets, take this year's budget and add 5%. Um, right. But then you lose a lot and you also can tend to inflate areas that maybe can be can be taken. Yeah, taken and that, that doesn't necessarily represent where you'd like to go in the future if you're just kind of rolling forward what you've done in the past. So that, that's a great, great point. Yeah, you know, it's so great to have you on because that experience you're lending to, you're talking about, and Dr. Austin God, I remember him too. He taught me years ago. Shout out to him. I know he's somewhere probably down south. Who knows what he's doing nowadays. But, you know, when you, when you talk about your overall process, how do you address things like, let's say, you know, and this is timely. The reason why I think this episode is good too, the state just came out with their numbers and it seems to be more transparent nowadays, right? You know, with the new governor. But how do you deal with that new information that comes in, right? Like, you know, and your, your bow season and the different, you know, we don't get too caught in the weeds here, but the intricate details of your budget 
how do you really go about that that process of, of disseminating all that information because it's, it's going to keep coming in keep coming in how do you now position it as it goes through the cycle transparency is key okay. so what I, I like to do and, and again superintendents always give the business official a set amount of time so I'm always trying to stretch the <laughs> amount of uh, uh, microphone time that I have uh, you know mm-hmm. I told my boss uh, I mean 10 minutes last night I think I was 30 but that was that was pretty good but I really um, I like to dive a, a little bit into to the detail knowing that there's a, a balance if you go too far you can just confuse the heck out of folks and, and, and folks don't need to know every intricate detail but to, to keep it simple but to provide the information so you know in the papers has been the big windfall for all school districts yeah. you know with the state aid and, mm-hmm. and districts uh in our area long island that you know, some are getting 20 percent, some are getting more than 20 percent mm-hmm. um districts are getting millions of dollars so in my district here at cold spring harbor we're on the north shore of long island we have a relatively high combined wealth ratio we're getting fifty-seven thousand dollars. however wow. our public is seeing that you know districts are getting you know money hand over fist so one of the things i did last night and i do each and every year is i take them through the state aid proposal and and you break it down foundation aid boces aid transportation aid building aid etc and show them where the differences is and when i drill down and i look at foundation aid and say it's you know fifty-seven thousand folks uh that's our windfall uh, that's exactly. the big money that we're On getting. Multi-million dollar budget. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're hearing and you're reading about all this money that schools are getting, we're not, you know, going to be in receipt of as much. And then I went a little further last night, is I showed them why, and I did not put out the whole foundation aid formula. I simply put out yeah. under the formula, this is what we're entitled to. Mm-hmm. This is what we're getting. We're getting 103 percent more than we're entitled to under the formula. And that's why we're receiving the 57,000. And there are districts out there that instead of being 103% overfunded or millions of dollars underfunded. And, and so, and I think that level of transparency uh, really works. You know, sometimes your boss, the superintendent will kind of groan a bit as you go on and on and you give them like a, you know, 50 <laughs> slide presentation. No and they're like, are you kidding? Can you get that done in five minutes? But it's important. And I think it does build confidence. And we're getting a lot. We've got a lot of questions about the federal money. A lot, a lot of questions about the federal Did money. Did you get any federal money, James? We surprisingly did. You know, a couple uh, of my really? colleagues in the area here in my cluster said, we're shocked. How did you get so much federal money? We don't even know. We got a, a several hundred thousand dollars. Wow, right, good for you. In, in federal money. And, and we got, got many questions about how that was going to be spent. Uh, a lot of questions on whether there are any strings attached uh, to mm-hmm. that money. Really, yeah. I think that was related to the masking and everything. But um, just sharing how that, you know, that money is going to be used and where the details can be found and, and just being transparent that, no, we can't take that, that money and fund yeah. operating expenses because what happens when that money is no longer here then you have a big correct yep right and, and it's funny you say that james i think our districts are very similar in terms of the combined wealth ratio i did a very similar exercise with my board saying you know there's this huge windfall of foundation aid but don't get your hopes up because we received i think it was like nine point something percent on foundation aid but it was you know maybe Fifty to sixty thousand dollars. It wasn't a big number. Yeah. You thinking something over two percent that everybody has in their mind, or just across the state, everyone's getting all this money. But you really have to break it down district by district, which kind of leads right. me to my next question. You you said you've been with a few districts now as a school business official. Can you share with some of our listeners what the biggest lessons learned are for you? Absolutely. I, I think 
one of the biggest lessons, especially for new business official is um, don't get into the weeds, see the forest from the trees. Very often a board can spend significant time debating a $20,000 expenditure in the budget. Mm. When your budget's a hundred million dollars, it makes no difference. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'll be quoted as saying it's a rounding error. Like, like don't even, don't even it's put immaterial, right? it. It's immaterial. You want to take it out, take it out. You want to keep it in, keep it in, but let's not have a discussion. 80% of our budgets is salary and benefits. So while all the work that the buildings are doing is important, it really has very little impact on the overall budget because it isn't salary benefits. So, you know, I send out in November, you know, the budget prep documents to the building leaders, but at that time we're working on our salary budget, our employee benefits budget, working with human resources to say, who exactly works here? How many sections do we think we're going to need next year? And that's a very hard question to answer. It's amazing how, that, how the answer changes so often, you know? It really does. On the day, it's a different number. Uh, or everybody has, yes, different people, and everybody has a different number of the number of folks you have. Right. But that is where the meat and potatoes of the budget is. And you need to have a handle on staffing. You don't want to budget for staff members you don't need, but you don't want to be caught in August with not enough money when you're going to encumber your payroll and you realize you're short because you missed somebody or you missed something. So, so really biggest lesson I've learned, don't sweat the small stuff, focus on the big issues and try to get your board to the big issues. You know, we'll always joke, the board will question the, you know, the, you know, $50 expenditure or something on the warrants, but they'll totally ignore the $500,000 budget transfer that's for their approval. They'll just approve that. Uh, yeah. So uh, you really want to get folks away from that small stuff. Also, again, transparency is key. Yeah. Once you lose the public's confidence or the confidence of your board, it's, it's, it's virtually impossible to get back. So right. uh, if you don't know the answer, just say you don't know the answer. You don't need to have the answer for every board meeting. You can always get back. If you need to do the research, Go do the research. If you make a mistake, I found it's best to say, made an error. Mm-hmm. Here's the adjustment. Oh, no. uh, yeah. uh, don't try to cover, you know, the cover up's always worse than the crime. And, and with budgeting, it's so important to be in a position where folks have confidence in you. Uh, and that's where that confidence, confidence can get you in trouble because if you're too confident and you don't know the answer, people are going to believe you, <laughs> then you're going to be in trouble down the road. Yeah, yes. <laughs> is there true. is a balance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. This is good stuff. I'm really enjoying this. Well, I guess my question then, because we're talking about our current environment being the way it is, you know, with the, the flooding of money, you know, and also we got, you know, higher tax caps than, than the average for you. James, what has changed, I guess, the most in your process with this current environment in the pandemic? And I guess, what are you doing differently nowadays that you maybe weren't doing in your old district or several years ago? So, you know, I'm a little bit of a dinosaur. So when I started, there was no tax cap. <laughs> You're a dinosaur? Oh, man. <laughs> we didn't have a tax cap. The good old days. We had our budgets together. It always have a de- had a deficit in... Um, Back then, the budgets weren't on time, but maybe a day, a couple of days before we had to adopt the budget, we'd get a fax from our state senator. They settled the budget and we were going to get the money we needed to, to kind of, you know, make the budget balance. And that was it. The tax cap has definitely uh, made things more complicated. And we've had some very good years with the tax cap because enrollment's been declining. TRS rates have been going down. Health rates up until this year uh, were relatively stable. You know, there was you know, nice shift. Premiums actually decreased a bit, so we've done done really well. But but 
everything's a cycle and, you know, we're in good times right now, and, but, but things will change. And that's why, you know, what's changed most for me in the process is, is I'm not looking just at next year. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the year after that, the year after that. So you know, my tax levy limit calculation, I have next year's tax levy limit done, but I also have estimates for, for the next year, you know, 23, 24 and for 24, 25. Uh, because it really related to items such as the capital expenditures, which really can get you in, in a pickle. Yeah. If you don't manage those construction costs as debt service payments, you can see wild fluctuations mm-hmm. uh, in your tax cap. So not just with the tax cap, with, but with all things, it's that, as Jack, you mentioned, that financial planning, knowing when your contracts are up, knowing when you're going to have those big raises or those mm-hmm. retroactive payments and whatnot, and just being able to you know, forecast and balance that. That's so much more important now than more than ever. Especially since we're limited, you know, with the tax cap and up until this year, we were very limited in state aid increases. And, and, and again, I remind folks, this is a cycle. When I started, things were really well. The market crashed in 2008 and, and we, we had reductions. We fought the GEA for years and years and things were better and it was got restored. And now we have all this federal money. You know, it's just a cycle. So there will be upturns and downturns and with the state economy and such. And you, we just got to be prepared for it all. So you're always trying to forecast the future. And budgeting, although many will think it's a science, sometimes it's uh, more of an art. Yeah, there's certainly a, like a lot of finesse wow. to it. And, and I think that's become ever more apparent the, the kind of more you go on in your career that it's not just black and white. There's a lot of nuance and, and gray area that you have to interpret from a budgetary standpoint. So how do you represent those things in you know the finances? But James, thank you. I mean, can you just kind of winding down here, can you kind of give us what would be your biggest piece of advice to anybody listening to the, uh, to the mm-hmm. podcast? You're giving so much, but anything that stands out maybe. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, if folks leave with one thing from this podcast or this episode, it would be this. And, and I wish somebody had told me this when I was a new business official. Okay. You're not alone. Mm. I feel like you're Great alone. point. In most districts, everybody else is curriculum related. So you yeah. feel like you're in this silo in the business office and you have your staff, but all the other administrators, they're concerned about other things. They don't understand the pains that, that we have. And, and we're not alone. We, we have our colleagues and it's so important to, to reach out to those colleagues. You know, when I was president of the Suffolk chapter, you know, at my first meeting, I said, you know, something to the effect of, if you've had parent complaint about, about transportation this year, stand up. And if you've dealt with this particular issue, if you already had a grievance filed, stand up. And we just did a couple of those. And I said, look around. Everybody was standing because we're all <laughs> facing the same issues. Yep. So it's so important to get to your chapter meetings. It's oh, so good. important to get to the conference. It's so important to pick up the phone and be able to say, I don't know. Can you help me out with this? I still do it. I'll call a colleague next door and I'll be like, you know what? Can you send me how you budget for ERS? Because, you know. I'm taking a look at mine. I'm just not sure it's right. You know, we're, we're always a little bit off the mark. Can you send me what you do? Mm-hmm. And folks are more than happy. Those, or many times they'll say, you know, I have the same problem. So send out notes to your colleagues. Give a call because you're not alone. We're mm-hmm. all experiencing the same thing. And, and we all like to try to say, oh, no, everything's great. You know, you know, it, you know we got this. But we all need, need some support. And, and just that uh, your colleagues are, are probably in need of that support, too. So feel free to ask because I think with that sharing and by us supporting each other, we're just much more strong. Wow. Very well spoken. All right. Well, listen, John, I really appreciate you. And this is what we're all about. This episode is going to definitely resound to many of our 
listeners. And uh, we thank you again, James, for coming on. So thanks for your time and good luck with your budget cycle. Yeah, James, thank you. This was, thank you. This was great. I really appreciate you inviting me and uh, good luck to everyone, including the two of you on your budget cycle. And I wish everybody a successful vote in May. Thanks, James. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. That was our interview with James Duccio. What an amazing conversation we had with him and what insight. I mean, that really was a great conversation about budgeting. This is the best, John, because, you know, we're we're not new SPOs ourselves. But to say, hey, listen, we get a little bit you know and having these folks on our colleagues and learn ourselves and i'm sitting here taking notes imagine you know i can just tell you that um like what he said and i mean he's not really a dinosaur but but basically he said budgeting it's not really about the numbers it's not the science right it's an art i love that and i think we might even name that episode something to that effect because this this is pretty much a a beauty so for everyone out there we thank you again for listening we'll continue to bring it to you every single week we thank you from all aspects and all i can say is that we have a great great lineup in february and in march we're going to have some more of our colleagues. And again, I don't want to be biased and say these are the best, but these are really, really good episodes. They're pretty good. And so we thank you. Yeah. So this is Jack Mitchell, along with the esteemed John Bracado. And we're signing off for SBO Perspectives. We'll Thanks, see you next everyone. week.